How's it going, lovebirds? You are now listening to the podcast that brings you real relationship advice from real relationship experiences. I'm your host, Derek Brown Jr. And on today's episode of the Good Relationships Podcast, season two, episode number 10, I have a very successful entrepreneur here with me by the name of John Moden. How's it going today? Good. How are you doing, Derek? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I appreciate you for uh, taking the time to come out here. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be talking about a little bit of business relationships here and there, but more so the topic will mainly be it's who you know, not what you know. So as we always like to do, we go straight into the questions. But at first, I want you to give a little bit about yourself. Oh, jeez, what do you want to know? I, I, uh... Hmm. Well, I, uh, I, I, I'm 23 years old. I, uh, I go to school right now for mechanical engineering, and I, uh, I like to buy houses and, and pretty much any entrepreneurial activity that I can uh, to fill my spare time. And, uh, yeah. What are some, like, entrepreneur things you've been involved in? Oh, man. I, uh, going way back, I used to, uh, my mom went to Palmer, chiropractic college and I would go with her to classes sometimes and I was like maybe three or four not three maybe like four or five years old and I would go to Sam's Club and buy candy bars and then I would go and I'd sell them to students that were like sitting on benches trying to just like do homework or something and uh I just kept coming back with things trying to sell to them and I I, one time I tried to even like uh do like a lottery ticket and then <laughs> my parents like took me to go and I like bought little tickets and I was like, you guys all lose. And I was trying to like sell them to people. <laughs> and uh, my parents never even stopped me from doing that, like, which I would have definitely stopped my kid. But uh, yeah, I've done that and I've bought cars, sold cars. I've tried to flip motorcycles and houses are just like a really stable thing that I've grown to enjoy. So, um, you've been a hustler since oh, for sure. the, day one. the <laughs> playground days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to have my friends like collecting rocks with me, like trying to like, uh, I don't know. I'd use them as currency or whatever, just on the playground in preschool. So do you feel like that is like a DNA based thing or do you feel like you learned that from someone or something? I don't know. I feel like uh, it could be DNA based. I think like my parents used to kind of like argue about money. And I remember thinking like, oh, I, I want to have enough money that I never have to argue with my spouse about money. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if it's that or I just I just love making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, same here. I um, yeah. actually used to sell candy back in the day, too. Right on. And, uh, you know, just like you, I used to watch my parents and they had the it was always something financial, you know, and I was like. Well, if we took away the financial, you know, situations, then would you guys be able to be happy or, you know, whatever? And for the most part, that you take away the financial stuff and you really get to see a person, you know, do the things they want to do. So just like you, I kind of felt the same way. I, I wanted to have enough to live comfortably and, Absolutely. To, you know, provide for the family. Um, but cool, cool. The first question I have for you is what do you feel? is most important when it comes to the phrase, it's who you know, not what you know? Well, I feel like the first most important thing would be that you understand that uh, you can't, you you need a basic knowledge in life. Like you need to, um, like you need to go to school and maybe not necessarily have like a college degree, but uh, 
go to high school and graduate high school or at least have that basic understanding if maybe you, you get a GED or whatever. But once beyond that, then um, it becomes who you know, not what you know, in the sense that you uh, just just make connections with a lot of people, you know people, and you genuinely care about people, and then uh, those people will just um, help you bear fruit, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. So would you say that it's worked in not only a positive way, but a negative way too in the, in the term of who you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's not a way that I usually look at the term, but I definitely could see how if you know the wrong people and you're constantly getting involved with the wrong, wrong crowd, they will, will certainly pull you down. I've heard one guy, I used to do landscaping, and one guy that I, I did landscaping for told me, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. And that's a phrase that's kind of stuck with me. Yeah, that's actually a, a term I haven't heard in a while, but it's, it's super true. Uh, I know both of us are in like the entrepreneur real estate world. And if you look at our circle of friends, like I know some of your close fr- closer friends and they're doing pretty good and they're, you know, mindset based and same with my friends. And then, you know, I could go home and see some people who've been on the couch for 10 years. Yeah, that's that's a not good trap to get stuck in. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... That being said, what's an example of how the phrase who you know has led you to a successful situation? Um, well, I guess one example would be um, maybe not me to a successful situation. It's easier to kind of look at uh, other people's lives and see how um, perhaps how they know someone leads them to a successful situation. But... One example is just uh, my dad's a massage therapist and he frequently works on a lot of people and one of the people he he knows owns a business and he ended up helping my sister get a job uh, just because he knew the person that owned the business. And Mm -hmm. so she has a job and she's been working there for like 10 years now. So it's just a matter of who you know, not what you know. That's definitely a who you know situation. Absolutely. I I actually have another friend who was... uh, in a similar situation, mm-hmm. her sister wants to be in the culinary arts and her uncle or cousin or someone in their family just so happens to own a restaurant. Yeah. So it was as simple as a freaking phone call. Yep. It's like, oh, yeah, just come down here. I'll get you squared away and I'll teach you everything about the business. Yeah. You know, like that. those kind of opportunities <laughs> don't come to, you know, everyone. Like even if she had the education of how to do all of this, it's like, because she knows someone who already has the the system and the business, it's so much better to, to go back to that phrase of it's who you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the person who has the the mass amount of money or experience who can get you the job or whatever. Yeah, and I I frequently found that uh, you may know a lot of people that you don't really uh n- know um that that know things that that's. It's such a horrible way to say it, but there's a per you know there are a lot of people that um, know people that you should know that you don't know they know mm. is a better way of saying it. So just by putting your uh, wants and desires of where you want to be in life into the universe, um, you will reap a return on that. Just by your friends that you wouldn't think that they would know these people end up knowing them, and then uh, an example of that for me would be. Um, I have a one friend that um, knows I, I buy houses and I want houses and he just, 
I, I'm not sure he, he goes to work and he um, he's talking to one of his, his co-workers and says, hey, you know, I've got a friend that buys houses and, and this lady says, oh, I've got a, a mom that wants to sell a house and she, she only wants like 15 grand for it and it's like a $70,000 house mm. and uh, it needs a little bit of work, but nothing that I'm not capable of doing. And so he comes back and tells me and so that's just one lead that I've been kind of uh, hacking away at trying to get a deal with, but I definitely see something happening from that. And that's just an example of, I didn't know that there was someone who I knew uh, to to uh, yield those kind of results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's a, actually a really good example because be, simply just because you told him that you are in the field of real estate and this is what you're looking for, it allowed for him to keep you at the top of mind when that thing exactly. came into his mind. Yeah. So, and that's something that, you know, it, it translates all across the board. And I know we wanted to keep it general. So, you know, not even speaking real estate, uh, you know, stuff that we do, but anything, whatever it is that you want, if you are telling people like, this is my desire, these are my dreams, these are my goals, these are, these are the things I'm looking for to, this, this is the piece of the puzzle that I'm looking for to help me get to the full picture, they they may know someone that you don't know that has what you want. Mm-hmm. And that could have taken away so many different steps that you thought could have would have taken you like two or three years. Um, a, a prime example of that is I was watching this this uh, show on Snapchat, which is even funny for me to say. I was watching <laughs> a TV show on Snapchat, and it was about these guys who basically go out and they find the most luxurious cars for celebrities. And there's this one one hip-hop artist, and she wanted a car. She wanted a uh, G-Wagon. And <laughs> G-Wagons right now, I guess, are, in, uh, are, um, are so hard to get mm-hmm. that she would have had to wait two years to even get it. But these guys, because she knew them, they got mm-hmm. it to her within like 48 hours. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yep. And that's just by putting uh, your desires out into the universe and just letting people know your friends, just talking about what makes you excited. Yeah. So when you say, because you keep using the term universe, you know, yeah. put it out there in the universe. Yeah. And that's something we're like familiar with. Mm-hmm. Is there any way you can kind of kind of break that down a little bit? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm typically a super private person. I don't really like sharing a lot of my like personal information or, you know, just what I've done. So I'm not like super active on social media or anything. And uh, I usually try and focus on like talking about other people and not actually talking about like uh, what I do. And so I've just been making a conscious effort that when people ask me, hey, what are you up to? I just actually tell them. And so just random everyday conversations, my friends are like, hey, what did you do today? I'm like, oh, I went and I looked at this one house at this address and it looks cool. And it surprises me that people care enough to look up the address of the house or uh, just like make comments on it. And just by having those interactions and and going to the gym, someone says, what do you do? Instead of just saying, oh, I I do engineering, you know, I go to school. um, I tell them, I'm like, oh, I like to buy houses. Like, I think that's fun. And... um, then people kind of, you know, they get to know you, they warm up to you, and, and then you make friends with them easier, and then they bring you deals, or just you just know someone who could fix on your car or just be a good friend, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's a technique that some people use, like, on purpose. Mm-hmm. So would you say that you kind of just stumbled into that mindset, or do you, like, actively, you know, 
have those conversations with people because you know i know some people who like sit in coffee shops Mm -hmm. just to have those conversations you know no i don't i don't go seeking the conversations but i figure if i'm going to go a place i might as well leave some sort of impression so Mm -hmm. if i just uh i like to do things rather spur of the moment so if i'm driving down the street and uh i i have always driven past this antique shop and I, I think, oh, I, I want to go check that out. I go into the antique shop and I start talking to the guy and I just tell him about what I'm interested in. And he shows me, uh, you know, I like to collect straight razors. And so he shows me the straight razors and then we start talking about it. And I, he tells me that his grandfather had a big collection and <laughs> it just goes on. And I, you know, I just let myself be interested in what he has to tell me. Mm-hmm. And, and then before you know it, like I just end up getting a good deal on the razor or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just end up making a friend, you know, I see him and the quad cities are small enough that I end up seeing him out eventually, you know, like, uh, and, and that's, that's kind of the mindset that I've had. And instead of just like looking for it at the coffee shop, I feel like that feels too disingenuine mm-hmm. almost I was about to, say that. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the most natural way that you're going about it in terms of you just living life yep. and then you being that person who just cares to listen to another person's story, like you're caring about what they're saying, even if it doesn't really have anything to do with you. Yeah. In this case, the straight razors, it did. Yeah. But I'm sure because this happens to me, too. I'm sure there's some people who come, you come across, especially in the real <laughs> estate world. Or people who want to rent from you who will t- who will tell you their whole life story. Oh, absolutely, story. yeah. Oh man. So like when it comes to that stuff, how do you do? You ever have like any impatient moments, or do you are you able to just kind of like look at the bigger picture and be like, look, I know that this person may need someone to listen to. I know that it will be it will, it may yield you know good fruit for me in the future, even in the in the form of either a friendship or maybe a deal or something like that. But I know for myself, I have some of these conversations so many times and I'll be listening. And I, I find that some people, they don't, uh, they kind of forget that you are a person, that you have your own time mm-hmm. and that, you know, they're sharing their whole life story. So do you ever have impatient moments like that? Absolutely. I have very little patience for people. And uh, like, I'm a bit of an introvert. So I just like, <laughs> I'm so quick to just like, <laughs> I hate these people. Like, but whenever I, I've been making a conscious effort to not do that because no one wants to be around a person like that. And so I, every time I catch myself doing that, I try and find some value in what they're saying because I, I believe that everyone in the world knows something that I don't. Yep. And my goal is to just amass as much knowledge about mm-hmm. as many things as possible in life. And um, I feel like the best way to do that is to just constantly do that throughout the day instead of... Uh, you know, having to sit down with a book and force myself to learn these random topics. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Like I, I listen to audible books and stuff, but yeah. I purposely choose as my life's work to just simply observe, mm-hmm. to go out and observe people, to observe relationships, to observe myself mainly. And I feel like I've, I've gained more in education than, uh, uh you know, uh, than I probably ever would have if I, I did stay in school and graduate. But I learned more in college just from sitting on the bench and mm-hmm. watching people than I did in class. Absolutely. And uh, there's a book, um, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, there's a book literally on observation. And mm. it's a man's education or something like that. Okay. Um, but either way, it's just, just like how you said, mm-hmm. you know. And 
I guess I really want to know, like, just, I'm an introvert also. Yeah. So it sounds like we have that similar thing. Yeah. And for me, like, a lot of people think I'm a people person, which, <laughs> okay, you see me around a lot of people. Yeah. And, of course, I can relate to people. You can relate to anyone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have to go back into my introvert, like, pod and re-energize. So are you the same way? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, after I, uh, I have a, a long day, I like to just go back home and just, like, get a nice good sleep or just eat by myself and just like stare at the wall and not talk to anyone. Like I'm perfectly content doing that. <laughs> I actually found myself doing that for when I moved out from my parents' place. I just found myself doing that for weeks. I, I didn't speak to anyone for like, I think four days. And like, I, I didn't even speak. Like I didn't speak. Uh, I just like four days. I was content just going to the gym, didn't talk to anyone, went to class, didn't raise my hand. And, and I was like, I should probably try talking to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but I didn't even notice that I didn't talk to people, so it well, doesn't really bother me. And I and I know what you mean because, and this is something I had to you know consciously be aware of, and it's the fact that we are talking to ourselves in our head, mm-hmm. you know. So like, I think about that all the time. Like I may not be actually verbally speaking, yeah. But then I'll be like, man, I've been I've been having these conversations with myself oh, like absolutely. all day, yeah. You know, and I'll be. <laughs> People probably think that we're crazy sometimes. We probably laugh at certain things in yeah, our head. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. like, all the time. And, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, even today, I just, like, I feel like you have more of a genuine time when you're out and you're having those conversations. You notice things that other people may not understand, and you're able to laugh about it. And I think that's, that's important to get to know yourself in that way, to even have those moments where you're able to be quiet. Because some people they can't stop talking. Yeah. You know, some people, they don't have that place where they can just be calm and be quiet or be to themselves because that's when, like, all the negative thoughts start to pour in. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to be like that. So do you ever have, like, situations where negative thoughts ever come into you? And and how do you deal with that? Um, I guess... I do have, I I definitely have times that negative thoughts come in, um, but I am a very hard-headed person, and if I find that I'm unmotivated or I have negative thoughts coming in, it just really motivates me more to go and and do something. So if I have a negative thought about a house, like, oh, I can't get this house done, I, I don't have the time, like, I'm stressed out about school, I typically tend to just go out and stay at the house until two, three in the morning doing stuff if I'm working on it or um, doing homework. That that appeals to me less. So sometimes I just will skip the homework. But that's where most of the negative thoughts will come. I'm just like, oh, you know, you're not going to do well anyway, so just don't even do the homework. And uh, I just, I tell myself, my, my saying for this is, I ask myself, how do you eat an elephant? And the response is one bite at a time. Right. And so that's my best way to cope with the negative thoughts is just one bite at a time. I like that a lot. I like that. How do you eat an elephant? Yep. One bite at a time. Yep. It's possible to eat the elephant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you can eat an elephant. I don't know how much an elephant weighs, but (laughs) you can definitely eat them one bite at a time with a big enough freezer. (laughs) Right. Elephant meat. That... I wonder what that would do for the body. You know, we we're both we're both into working out. You can't see us right now. Uh, we don't we don't have the video capability yet. We will soon, by the way. But yeah, we're both into um, physical fitness and health, which is extremely important, especially when you're talking about who you know. 
you know, it's, it's, you're going to meet a lot of people who have similar interests as you when you're out there doing certain things. Like if you're the kind of person who is looking for more clients in whatever field you're in or whatever career you're looking to go into, it's, you'll find those people along the way when you're out there shopping for whatever health supplement or in the gym. Oh, at the gym, 100%. Because (laughs) the gym is, in my mind, just one of the few places that everyone is equal. Yep. And yeah, you can have like nicer gym clothes than others, but really there's just an upper echelon of how nice gym clothes can be. Yeah. (laughs) And like even the people who have millions of dollars will just wear their ratty tatty shirt to the gym that has Mm -hmm. stains on it. Mm -hmm. And I've met so many people that I, I wouldn't have expected them to be like these engineers or people that have like million dollar companies, mm-hmm. uh, these best doctor in the quad cities. And I just know them on a personal basis. I know, I, I know their first name and just, I don't know what they do, but then one day after getting to know them, you know, waving them at them in, in the gym for, for months, uh, they just tell me, Oh, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm the head of whatever hospital or whatever and i'm just like oh wow mm-hmm. I, I should quit mean mugging people at the gym then <laughs> right and so yeah you definitely make a lot of connections at the gym um but that being said don't be a person that just sits and talks at the gym oh my god go in get your stuff done and then talk at the, at the entrance of the gym and, and oh, <laughs> because it's like work ethic is most notable yeah like yep. you can be like you said it's it's an equal place, but something that you do notice is work ethic. Mm-hmm. Now it's clear to me that you have work ethic. I can tell because your physical stature. You know, it takes discipline to build muscle. It takes discipline to diet. So it takes discipline to get to the gym. So when you're at the gym and you see someone who's working, you know, their ass off, it's probably not the best time to go up to them and say, "Hey," especially when you know them. You know, if you know they're the doctor already and you don't have that relationship with them yet, I've I've heard multiple times that people just don't like that. So naturally, I steer clear of everyone. And then, you know, if they're leaving at the same time as me, we're walking out at the same time or walking in, I'll say, hey, keep it short, keep it simple. Like you said, I don't want to mess with your workout because that's where a lot of people, they get their therapy in. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting over certain situations. Yep. So... I agree with you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I kind of have like my own little rule that I I like to think everyone understands that um, if I'm walking into the gym or anyone's in the middle of their workout, if if they see me, I I don't ignore them. I just kind of give them a head nod and then I just go about my business. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm ever walking out with them, I I don't try and talk to people if they're walking in or if I'm walking in because, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of got to get in the mindset. But if I'm walking out kind of decompressing that's when i take the time to talk to people if i'm walking out with anyone and uh i definitely agree with don't interrupt people's workouts yeah, has, that happened? has that happened to you oh yeah i've got these old dudes who go to the gym just like to talk to people and they like they do three movements the whole time like total of 15 reps with they do curls with like 75 pound dumbbells and with horrible form and they're just you know they're all fat and uh they just, they just talk to people and like I just quit going at that time to yep. avoid the people. Yep. Yeah. I've switched gyms multiple times. Oh yeah, I'll go to a different location mm-hmm. for my gym for sure. I yeah. have three different memberships right now. 
it's right pretty on. bad. That's that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. When you have to, and, and at different times, like you said, I have to go at different times mm-hmm. on different days. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah, and I I do notice sometimes when I'm at the gym, like I'll make friends with too many people at that time period. So then, some people don't know to not talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I just find that everyone starts talking to me. Um, during my workout, so then mm-hmm. I kind of have to like switch gyms, like you said, or mm-hmm. go at a different time mm-hmm. to kind of mix it up. But then you start knowing everyone in the Quad Cities, which is a good problem to have. It's a good problem, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. not a bad thing that people yeah. approach us. It's just that, like, like we said, that rule of hey, after the workout, maybe before the workout a little yeah. bit, but mainly the gym is like our place to kind of re recover. Absolutely, because you know? yeah. we deal with a lot of like. Um, verb like conversations yeah like that's mainly real estate i've realized is a lot of conversations oh for sure it's a lot of talking it's a lot of listening it's a lot of um reiterating things a lot of like paperwork it's a lot of focus on details of what people are saying which is extremely draining when you think about it because you want to be as accurate as possible when you're dealing with houses and numbers Mm -hmm. so i know for me when i go to the gym i don't even I don't, I don't want to have those conversations there, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, who would you say is the most influential person in your life? Well, I think that the most influential person is probably my mom, just because she, um, just her background, where she came from and everything, uh, not having like a ton growing up. She tells me stories about like, scraping the ice off for her window in the attic and having to like use like six blankets and 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 now she's uh like a a doctor of chiropractic and just uh the grind that she went through to get to that point she was a single mother for a while and you know she had like a bad relationship and all sorts of stuff and she overcame that went to school as a single mother and then she had three kids when she was in college or in uh at, at palmer going for chiropractic and I, uh, anytime that I'm feeling a little lazy, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just like, you know, I'll just kind of lay in bed an extra 30 minutes. I'm like, no, like <laughs> there are people out there like my mom that right. made sacrifices so I can be where I am mm. and I need to make those people proud and, uh, get up and go do something. <laughs> That's so key, man. Like, yeah. I think people don't have that mindset like you just said there are people who sacrificed yeah oh absolutely oh my gosh you're not just doing this for you anymore yeah i've heard stories of my grandparents where my grandfather was like a a manager at a hotel for a period of time and he got a counterfeit bill and he uh he put it in a drawer he he took it he knew his counterfeit he put it in a drawer and he said so many times there were temptations to use that bill because they were so poor it was just like a 20 dollar bill you know what i mean and uh, like to buy food or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to go to work and make money so I can provide for my family. And just like hearing that story, it rings in my ears over and over every time that I, um, I just am feeling lazy because I, I want, I know my grandparents made sacrifices. My parents made sacrifices. Uh, they just, my mom always said a parent's job is to raise up the next generation. Mm. And so I really take, um, I take a lot of uh, motivation from just knowing that people really worked hard to raise me up to the modest place that I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, that just goes back to who you know. 
Yep. Cause so you know. Look at the the people you have in your circle, mm-hmm. the family members you have. Like, like, a lot of people don't understand that it takes a village to raise a person. Absolutely. You know? Even if you have that single parent or co-parents or whatever situation, like you are being raised by the coach or mm-hmm. the pastor or whatever yep. affiliations you're part of, uh, the entrepreneur mentor or whatever. So it's like for you to know that your grandparents, your your mom was like such a significant role in who you are, like that kind of, a lot of people take that as weight. You know, they would take it and be like, well, you know, this is a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. but you take it as, uh, you know, a blessing. You take it as something you're grateful for, which allows you to, you know, be in the place where you are now and give to other people too. Absolutely. Yeah. I take it as uh just extra motivation to push further and, and really lift up my next generation. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kids, but mm-hmm. when I do, it's like, I really want to be able to lift them up, not spoil them. I'll live in a modest house and probably not give them, I won't give them a ton of money, but I'll make them get jobs and everything. But at the same time, I want to be able to leave them an inheritance for when they retire or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely not ever make them wonder where their next meal is going to come from. For sure. That, to me, I'd say, you know, your your mom did her job. Absolutely. Like, yeah. you're, you're talking legacy. Oh, for sure. Like, that is, not everybody thinks like that. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who have that selfish mentality. And no, there's actually nothing wrong with being selfish. Yeah. You know, but when it's like you, and I guess the word would be greedy. You know, mm-hmm. selfish is one thing, but when you have enough it's like, hey, you should be selfish to the point where you get yourself to a place where you have enough. Then once you have more, you have the capability of giving to others. But if you have enough and you're getting more and you're keeping it, then that's where that greediness comes in. And that's kind of different. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being selfish. But, you know, when you're able to give, like you said, and you have that mentality of giving to your children, and I know you. we were just talking about how you're thinking about giving to your friends, too, which is, you know, not everybody is thinking like that. For sure. So I don't know if you want to share that kind of, like, story of what you were kind of thinking. Yeah, well, I, I frequently wonder how much is too much to give to my friends that will uh, inhibit, like, which will stunt their own drive to do things. Because I, I definitely... Uh, my, my, if I ever wanted anything, I never took any money from my parents. That's a lie. I took ten dollars when I was fourteen. <laughs> Small because, loan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I took ten dollars when I was fourteen because uh, I had like a girlfriend, and it was a Valentine's Day, and my dad was like, "Please, John, just go get her something," <laughs> and he's like, "Please take this ten dollars," and I was like, "Fine." And <laughs> but that's like the only money that I I took from my parents, and if I ever wanted anything, I just went and worked for it. I had. A job mowing grass when I was nine years old, and I, uh, I did all sorts of things to just to make money. Like I, I day traded in the stock market when I was twelve, and I uh, just which is not normal, by the way, everybody. You gotta understand <laughs> who we're talking to right now. You know, John is is an expertise at flipping money and also just taking opportunities and just really, you know capitalizing on those so when he's saying things like he was day trading at 12 you you really want to listen to his words so sorry about that go ahead oh boy you're putting too much weight on me now i'm not that important no no <laughs> no you i mean you're a significant part of the puzzle i'm telling you for sure i appreciate that 
But uh, I, I forget your original prompt. What were you saying? Oh, just, uh, you know, um, how you, when it comes to you investing into your friends or other people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder just how much is to give, how much is too much to give to them that will stifle their own growth as a person because I certainly don't want to do that. But it to me, it would be no big deal to, to not no big deal, but it would, wouldn't be that big of a financial burden um, to just give my friend a car or, or something. And, and to them, it would mean a lot, I'm sure. But to me, it would just be like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. But I, I wonder if, if that's like a good, good move to make. And I, I feel like that probably would stifle them to some degree. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, too, because I have to think and maybe I'm a different kind of person, you know, and maybe you are, too. Like when opportunity knocks, I'm sure you're the kind of person that opens that door like right away. Like you or you see opportunity, you capitalize on it. But there hasn't been too many times where someone has completely given me the blueprint or given me everything. And if they have, honestly, I probably didn't take full advantage of it because I didn't have any kind of salt in the game is what the old guys who I used to train with (laughs) used to say, you got to put some salt in the game, man. It's like, yeah, you should probably have some kind of money invested or some kind of uh, work in the invested. Like, Hey, let me like, for example, if I was to purchase a car for my friend that I was telling about earlier, Mm -hmm. I'd probably get it to where, like, Hey, you got to work on this car a little bit. Yeah. To even get it up and running the way you really want to. So I bought it at base form, but you got to invest some time and maybe some money yeah. on your own. But it will get you to point A and point B, you know. I think that's definitely a good way to be able to uh, help a friend out, like make them have to put in some sweat equity. And then uh, if nothing comes of it, then uh, they have themselves to blame. And, and you know that you did your part as, as being a good friend and at least help them a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly... That's where those real relationships start to come out because you get to see people. And I don't want to like say that once you get some like money or you get oh, some sure. stuff, it honestly, some people may start to act a little different. Yeah. You know, like some people may take that opportunity and say, well, John, why didn't you just buy me a better car? I yeah. know you have the finances. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a trap that, that you can get into. <laughs> yeah. Or people just becoming uh, jealous that you uh, just have a nice car or whatever. I've I've had uh, employees that work on my houses before. They just say, oh, well, I'm not a rich man to be able to drive a car like that. And it's, it's not a, a super nice car, but they don't know the, you know, eight years that mm-hmm. I drove a car mm-hmm. that didn't have power steering fluid. <laughs> right. Or it didn't, not power steering fluid, but the power steering went out, out on it or... Whatever, you know, the the muffler is broken and I was fixing it with soda cans because mm-hmm. I didn't want to spend the $60 to get it welded, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't see that. They just see the the results of all the, the hard work that you did put in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that and I know exactly what you mean. Yep. You know, I, I hear it all the time. You know, there's and, and I have no problem helping people and you don't either. But, you know, it gets to a point where, like you said, it's like how much is enough for them to get to a point where they want to help themselves? Yeah. You know, because at, at some point and, you know, a lot of people don't like to have these real tough conversations where it's like, hey, I am where I am because not a lot of people help me. Like, of course, people have helped us by in terms of who, you know, like building these relationships. But that takes action. It takes action to keep a relationship healthy because you can burn a bridge 
at oh, any point true. in time. Yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah. You can burn a bridge. <laughs> oh, F you, dude. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, get out. You know, anything, you can burn a bridge. So, you know, one thing I understand for anyone listening is, you know, maintaining relationships, maintaining healthy relationships is, is an action. It, it takes actual energy. It takes actual intention. You want to be thoughtful, especially with, if you're talking uh, romantic relationships or even business relationships, regular friendships, you can be intentional about these things. You know, listen to what they're saying, listen to what they're going through, and you can offer a hand of, you know, advice, or you could either be that person like John is saying to step in and say, hey, I know you're having a vehicle it's situation, and I can assist you with that. But you have to remember, like, how these people got to where they are financially they probably went through through a struggle of their own and a lot of people weren't there for that. You know, a lot of people weren't there to say, hey, I can help you weld your muffler together or I can Absolutely. give you that $60, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I have friends who are heavily involved in real estate and they have just hundreds of units and, and there, there were times where I, I needed money because I wanted to buy another property and so I go to them and I'm like, hey, you know, I want to buy this property. It's a great deal because it is. And uh, uh, he's like, all right, well, I'll give you a loan for 15% interest. And I'm like, dude, you're getting money for 4%. And I find myself getting upset that he's not giving me a better deal. But at the same time, mm-hmm. because he did that, I went out there and I worked on uh, the house that I was flipping. And I stayed there extra late and I got it sold so that I had the money myself and didn't have to borrow it for 15%. And it just made me grind that little bit harder that I needed to to do it on my own. And because of that, I've learned the lessons the hard way instead of mm-hmm. uh, people just handing me things. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that like, and because you said two things that really resonated with me. Like in that situation, it sucks that there was a person who, and I don't want to say he tried to take advantage of you. He saw an opportunity where he could make more money. And it's like, okay, hey, I commend you for being in a position where you can you can offer me this loan and upcharge me on the percent. But at the same time, hey, when we're talking relationships, the most valuable thing you can do is say, hey, I'm going to be fair to you. And I know that in your situation, you want this done. So not thinking you'll get me back in the future. But hey, just because I'm being a genuine person, here's an opportunity for me to help you out. What like exponential return will that come back? Like now you're, you probably won't go to that guy for a loan again. Well, Maybe. yeah, I, I won't, but I, I think it was good that he gave me such a high rate mm-hmm. because he knew what, what was best for me because he's further along. So he knew that I, um, I, I shouldn't borrow the money from him and that I should have just continued along the path that I was already on instead of trying to borrow money from him. And that I, I would have really just been biting off more than I could chew mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I did borrow the money from him. And I didn't have good enough systems in place. And I think just his expertise, uh, he knew that it was best for me to not borrow the money. So I think by giving me such an inflated interest rate, mm-hmm. he was really doing me a favor and he knew mm-hmm. it. And that's the so, other thing. Yeah. Like, by him giving you such a, a large percent rate, yep. he naturally caused you exactly. to, to learn yeah. on your own. Yep. Which is... Not everyone's like that. Yeah. Because you have to have the mentality of, okay, well, that didn't work out. I'm not going to give up. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people, uh, one thing that I I tell myself and I try and identify in people is um, the way that I say it in my head is uh, 
there are two types of people. There are the people where the world happens to them or they happen to the world. Mm. So pretty much what I mean by that is um, people who are constantly saying like, uh, oh, I didn't get this promotion because my boss is uh, just a jerk. He's a racist. He's, you know, misogynist. He, you know, whatever it is, like he, he doesn't like me because something about me that I can't change. Or just saying, oh, I showed up five minutes late, you know, consistently, and that's why I didn't get the promotion, and accepting that about yourself, and then showing up five minutes early, going to work, get that promotion, or really whatever it is in life. Um, like, I try and never, uh, I'm, I'm mixed, and so I try and never use that as an excuse, like, oh, people people are putting me down because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. I don't even let that thought enter my mind, because yep. that's a slippery slope Yep. That you will then just become complacent with mm-hmm. saying that people just, uh, that you can't get anywhere in life because of who you are, mm-hmm. which there are plenty of successful people that have gone very far that have much more op- worse odds going against them than you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I completely agree for a lot of reasons. And we can save a lot of the other <laughs> stuff for a different podcast. Yeah. But I agree like so much to the sense of, I think it's really not a good when you, like you said, it's a slippery slope so much to the point where if you start to use it for one thing, you're going to use it for anything as soon as you hit a wall. And as soon as you hit that wall, it's like, hey, you're either not going to take responsibility, which you need to take responsibility for whatever all the time. Absolutely. You know, it's always, it's always point the finger back in myself. If something didn't work out, it's on me. Yep. You know, and hey, that's how you learn. That's, and then if something does work out, that's on you. That's on you. What did I do right? <laughs> yep. What did I exactly. do wrong? Or, you know, what did I feel like I did right? Or what did I feel like mm-hmm. I did wrong? You know, and um, like I said, I want to go back and I don't want to go too much in a race because that's a whole nother oh, thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I, I do find that, you know, because I'm African-American and at any point in time, anyone can throw the race card. Absolutely. And I've, I've seen it a few times where I'll be out showing one of our properties mm-hmm. and I get the comment of, I'm just so glad to see that you're in this field or, you know, I'm just so good to see more of us in this field. And I'm like, Hey, that's something to be grateful about. That's something to be, you know, to congratulate ourselves about. Let's celebrate. But at the same time, to me, I never see myself as being above or, or less in that sense. Like I, like you said, it never crosses my mind because for me, I never feel like I was playing at a loss and there's if you feel like you're playing at a loss because of your race or gender or anything like that, it's obvious it's out there. There's obviously people who are going to target you for whatever. There's obviously some people who start at a lower uh, point than other people. There's some people who are literally sleeping on dirt floor right now. So, of course, that person who is going through their thing, if they make it to a million, it's like, cool. But those are the same people who are not claiming that them being in that situation is or isn't what got them to that millionaire or billionaire status. They're focused on their dream and their goal, which is how it should be, you know? So I don't know if that. Absolutely. I completely agree. I, uh, people are always, there are always going to be people that hate different groups of people. Yep. And so anyone could use an excuse of, oh, this group of people doesn't like me and that's why I didn't get this Mm -hmm. for everything. Yep. Every single person has something that someone doesn't like. And so uh, I, I really think it's, it's just best for people to scrap that whole thing and just 
really focus on who you are as a person mm-hmm. instead of whatever you think uh, is, is weighing against you. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, John, is there anything else, any information, any last advice for the lovebirds? Oh, I think uh, your, your only limitations are uh, the, the ones that you put on yourself and uh, to just try and uh, dream bigger than you, you currently are. And, and you'll be surprised how far that takes you. And uh, yeah. Excellent. Right on. Well, you heard it from John himself. This has been the Good Relationships Podcast. And as always, stay blessed, not stressed. Thanks, John.